welcome back to another episode of anxiety sucks um today we have another special guest um janine and you work at uci right you're from uci well, I have a radio show at UCI station, KUCI. It's called Get the Funk Out. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. Get the funk I, out. Get the funk <laughs> out. Oh, funk? Oh, yes. okay. Funk. I still like it. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, so we're excited to have you on today and hear what you have to talk about. Um, how are you guys doing today? How's your Thursday going? Good. I mean... Like I said, I could use a little sun and it's like, I don't like <laughs> when it's like dreary. It makes me feel like I'm in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Chris? Uh, I'm like skating by. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been yeah. like a crazy week um, <laughs> and I'm like hanging by a thread of my sanity, uh, but it's just enough to be okay. So I'm chilling. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I, I like those honest answers. I do lately ask people, so how are you really? And sometimes mm -hmm. people are like, I'm good. And like when the voice goes up, I'm like, yeah. That's BS. when you know that they're full of crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my voice gets deeper. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me hear it. When, when I'm being truthful. Wait, yeah. let me hear it. When you're having a bad day, what it sounds like. Um, I'm having a really bad day right now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not having a bad day. I'm just okay. like, yeah, it's just been wilding out with Nick Cannon this whole week. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost Friday. And I hate that cliche of like TGIF, it's almost Friday. But like for me, it's it couldn't be more true. Yeah. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hang in there. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just happy to be here with y'all. I love doing this podcast. So yeah. and I'm excited yeah, I'm to excited have you on here. and talk about what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited to have you on. So um, what do you, I mean, what do you do, Janine? <laughs> what do I do? So um Interesting story. My backstory is originally uh, when I graduated from Syracuse University, I majored in a field no one heard of. It was called instructional design. My family was like, oh, you're an interior designer. And I'm like, no, it has. it's like the theory of how people learn, which was ironic because I was a crappy student growing up. <laughs> and it was really interesting until it wasn't. Mm. Until I ended up doing uh, corporate training and designing workshops. And I'm like, no, I do not see myself doing this, sitting in a cubicle for the rest of my life. And I was very depressed about it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I didn't know what to do next. And um, I knew I loved doing creative things. Like when my manager said, yeah, you can go design like a game like Jeopardy for this bank in Canada. I was like, cool. I, so I like having... Um, creative freedom to do things, come up with mm -hmm. new ideas, because I also believe that gets people's attention from doing things that they're used to, that are boring. You know, I want people to be excited about the work I do. So right now, what I do is I became a journalist, which is what I always wanted to do. Um, when I moved to California, I heard that UC Irvine had a radio station and I had just run into somebody this really nice woman from a yoga studio. She's like, yeah, I have a show. You should be a guest. And we talked and she said, yeah, you go through like the 10 week training course. And I'm like, I'm there. So I started off as a DJ. I was hosting a show called Moms Rock the House. Oh, uh, with so cute. Bands. Thank you. It was really fun. And then I was like producing music events and it was great. Um, but then I, I wanted to start a talk show um, I lost a really close friend of mine and um, she died by suicide in 2010. And I was so shocked and devastated. I was like, I need to take a year off from the show. And through the process of mourning and processing, I'm like, I really want a talk show to talk about grief and how we move through um, the crappy moments of life and loss. And I just came up with this name, Get the Funk Out. And I've been doing the show since 2011. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That Thank is you. really, really awesome. It's been a gift. I got to tell you, like I've had, especially with the pandemic, like I had my mail transferred from the station to my house and like, I'll be having like a sucky day and a book will show up with like how to boost yourself up. Like, I'm like, how do they, how does this, how yeah. do they know? Like, this is just what I need. Like it, it's been amazing. That is so, so awesome. And it's awesome that you kind of, you know, you had like a passion for something. And then mm -hmm. even though this sad tragedy happened, it you kind yeah. of used that to kind of fuel your passion and help others, which is awesome. So thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, so is that, and you're just, you're just doing that now just get the funk no. out. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Um, so I, while I was doing the show, I thought these conversations are so interesting. I'm having with filmmakers and actors and authors and everybody else. And I had met several authors and uh, this one woman who I really love her work. She's written like over 15 books at the time she was writing for Forbes. And she says, you should, you should be a guest on my show or on my, um, my show blog. And, and I'm like, great. And then I said, I think I have an idea for a book. And based on all these conversations, she's like, I think you do too. And I talked to somebody that she knew and they kind of didn't like the idea so much. And I was like, yeah, maybe they're right. But when she circled back two years later, she's like, so how's it going? And I'm like, it's not, it's not going, it hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. So I realized um, when you tell somebody something, especially somebody that's an author that sees something in you, like you have to do it. Yeah. So I read this, I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Gilbert, but she wrote this book called Big Magic. Mm -hmm. if you haven't read it. It's amazing. It's like, you get an down. idea. <laughs> yeah. Write down Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert. You get an idea, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, this idea is amazing. And then you don't do any, anything with the idea. And then you meet somebody or you read something and you're like, oh man, that was my idea. Like the idea can pass right through you and leave you and mm -hmm. go on to someone else. That's what she's basically saying. Or you can take that idea and make it happen. So this is my book, Get the Funk Out. <gasps> Ooh, I love that. Thank you. Wow, who designed the cover? Um, the publishing house, Post Hill Press. Oh my god, love the cover. Awesome. So I, I gave them some ideas and they ran with it. And um, this is this is such a dream because um, when I was in high school and I was like a DF student at one point, the only thing I was good at was writing because of my teacher. She was like, "There are no wrong answers in creative writing," and I'm like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it just having that comfort of knowing that I didn't have to focus on grades. I could just be free. Mm -hmm. So, um, so this is my first book. And then in the pandemic, a lot of students were reaching out to me on LinkedIn saying, I lost my internship. I lost my job. Um, and would you meet with me? And I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, they saw journalists and they, this and that. And I was like, Let's just talk. Let's brainstorm about what your next plan B could be. So I started a new podcast called Outside the Box mm -hmm. as a way for people to realize like, you don't have to live the expectations of what society has told you and what you think you should be doing. Like you can just have a nonlinear cool life because life is filled with unexpected moments like a pandemic, right? Yeah. So Outside the Box became my mental health podcast and event series. And that's what I've been focusing on now. Yeah. That is so awesome. Wow. You've done so much. You. <laughs> so great. Um, do you think like your, I mean, is your book, is it kind of more toward like kind of helping you through the stages of grief or is it also just also talking about like self-care, mental health? Is it, or is it kind of a combination of the both? So it's um, a combination of both. It's, mm -hmm. it's self-help, but it's also 24 guests from my radio show sharing oh, wow. stories of like, um, they overcame cancer or they, one of them lost limbs um, to um, a flesh-eating bacteria. I don't know if you've heard of that, but- Wow. Yeah, um, I have heard of that. Right? So wow. um, it's actually wow. a family member of mine and how she went on to be a motivational speaker and a para Paralympian and- and I'm like, wow. So these stories were so moving. So it's 24 people, all different ages. One woman was 85 at the time, a triathlete. And just stuff you can learn from people's stories and what they went through. And, and I have another book coming out um, soon based on the mental health pandemic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Thank you. That is so great. Um, is there anything that you like one thing that you took away from like hearing all these stories the most? That the best way, that's a great question, by the way, 
the one of the best ways to get out of your own funk is to go sit in someone else's shoes to listen to their journey, their story, and perhaps maybe even help someone like, um, you know, you might see someone in your neighborhood and they're, you know, 85 years old and you've never spoken to them before and just stopping and saying hi, seeing that they might be struggling to get their stuff out of their car, their groceries, just open up. Like we, we need to connect. And yes, the pandemic has made a lot of people socially anxious, more introverted, but humans need to connect. Even if it's mm -hmm. in small doses as an introvert, we need to connect on a human level. And that's one of the biggest things is just like put it, being empathetic, being compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. One, 100%. I saw this like interview with some celebrity. I, I don't remember exactly who it was. I, oh, I think it was, I, I actually, I might've said this on this podcast already, but I think it was with Dakota Johnson and they were asking her like, if she likes social media or something like that. And she was like, yeah, it's great. Like, you know, it helps people stay in touch with each other, but she's like, it also like, it takes away the whole aspect of like human connection, which is so yeah. important. Mm -hmm. And I like, this is like stuck with me for like months now. And I always think about it. And like now I, you know, my friends and I were like young and we're like dating and we're trying to figure things out. And we're, we all hate like dating apps. Like it's literally the worst thing for us. And we just like wish that we could like connect with people like the old way of just like yeah. meeting someone at a bar, like meeting yes. someone out. Yeah. And like now that's just like not, it's just like not a part of how we live anymore. And it's kind of sad. Yes. Is it that it's so superficial too, because you're looking at, mm -hmm. you're just swiping and you're looking at these pictures and then you can go meet with this person and look nothing like their profile. Yeah. 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 That's what? always like a big fear of mine too, is that like that that's happened to me personally on like a couple occasions mm -hmm. where they look completely different, whether they use like an old picture. I mean, when it's, yeah. when you're not meeting someone face to face, you're going solely on like their, you know, their best version of themselves online. Yeah. So when you meet them in person, you know, I feel like 90% yeah. of the time, it's not going to be what you imagine. Either it could be better or it could yeah. be worse. Uh, yeah. But I actually did. I just moved to Long Beach and I did a speed dating okay. thing down here. Oh, yeah. I was How like was literally, that? oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to so hear this. <laughs> I, I was literally like just typing um, like on Google. I was like, cool things to do in Long Beach. Okay. And then I put cool gay things to do in Long Beach. And like, okay. this was literally, it was on Eventbrite and right. it was on, like one of the first things that popped up. So like in just a lapse of like, you know, a spur of the moment, I bought a ticket and I was like, oh, this could be fun. Um, so I went and I was like texting my roommate and I was like, girl, I was like, this is not it. <laughs> and I was like, Aww. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just, um, it was interesting. And um like for a moment, I was just like, we like some of the guys and I were talking because we were waiting for the host and the host was like 30 minutes late. So we were talking like, <laughs> or do we just get scammed? And Come so on. we kind of like started forming like this bond of Good. being, you know, possibly, you know, um, victims of a, of a crime, you know? So mm -hmm. it, just mm -hmm. like in that kind of moment, it was cool just to hang out with these people and like get yes. to know them and stuff like yeah. that. So when we did start the speed dating thing, I'm not really... I'm not really um, equipped. Like I, I didn't think of questions like beforehand, you know, spur of the moment I said, you know, um, ha I had question like this person who sat in front of me and like, I was trying to be different and not be, you know, like, I didn't want to be like, Oh, what do you do for fun? Yeah. Um, like the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, Oh, are your parents still alive? <laughs> Oh no, no. <laughs> like, I don't know, like where this came from. Chris. Um, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like 30 minutes later, I noticed that he had tears coming from his eyes. So like, yeah. So it was just one of those things that maybe Ooh. I wasn't really prepared uh, yeah. to talk to people in real life. Cause I'm so used to talking to people online, but it was, it was like a really good experience. And, you know, I yeah. did talk to him afterwards. His parents are still alive. Um, you know, he had allergies. <laughs> yeah. So that's good to know. And yeah, so it was an interesting, interesting experience, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we did form a friendship. And so like, we, we still like all of us kind of like keep in contact and we're like, this was fun. So yeah, it was interesting. We'll do it again, yes. but like social media and all that stuff. It's, it's, 
it's very hard to form a genuine connection like online mm-hmm. without meeting people in real life. Right. It's a different kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. I know. I, I feel that. And, and I talk to a lot of students um, in, in college and they'll say they they've been at the school for, you know, X amount of years. And I don't really have any close friends because of the pandemic, because they mm-hmm. got so used to isolating that it it's, was very hard to go back in person. And then they're in class and they're not really talking to anybody. And so it's just this cycle of wanting to be remote, mm-hmm. wanting mm-hmm. to just go and be back in your room. You know, yeah. yeah, I think with like younger kids, it really hit them harder. Like I, I primarily yeah. work with college students, but I've gone to a couple of high schools like pretty recently. Yeah. And um, like just we we do like these presentations and like I'll share my story with them and like they're not so engaged during the presentation, but afterwards they'll come up. Um, but I was talking to one of the teachers about it and she's like, you know, like before the pandemic, they would, you know, be super engaged anytime we had these presentations, like they'd be asking questions. Um, and she said that, you know, when they came back from the pandemic, they were just different. That's right. They were removed. They, they were, were removed. they were mm-hmm. almost like lethargic in a way. Yeah. And they're a little, yeah. you know, completely different. And like talking, talking to the kids and like the, the struggles that they have at such a young age is, it's pretty shocking. Right. And it's, you know, it's sad. Yeah. Well, and then, again, I think it goes back to, you both made this point. I mean, Technology can be good, but it's been really detrimental because it takes its toll on real relationships. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this because we're creating TikTok content, but like you have to know when to turn the phone off, when to just yeah. go outside and not bring your phone. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to capture every moment on your phone or be on your phone. Like you could just look up and look around mm-hmm. and smile at somebody like old yeah, school, one, you know? Yeah, 100%. I, yeah, you know, my I had a professor. He was talking about. Uh, have you guys heard of like Jet Chat GPT? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was. It's Chat GPT four now. Oh, oh it is? really? Mm-hmm. Okay, Which apparently so, is terrifying. Yeah. Wow. So Chat GPT four, I guess. Um, he was talking about. He was like, it's basically just a. It's just like an out of learning. Like you now, you just you will never need to learn because this AI will just literally tell you whatever you need to know, even if it's true or not. People will still believe it. So it's just sad that like now we're gonna have this lack of need for a higher education or even just a high school education because mm-hmm. now ChatGPT is gonna probably take over these kids' brains and. They'll just learn everything from there. I was like reading up on this thing about um, like where, you know, where do we draw the line with mm-hmm. AI and where do, you know, because AI, you can have AI write a college term paper for you. Right. You can have yeah. AI make art. You can have AI make music. You can have AI do all of these things. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's so interesting in what like all these kids are learning, um, you know, when they go to school, they're probably just like, this is really dumb. You know, like I have whatever, I'll just go to chat GPT for and they'll yeah, like this is so me. boring compared to what I can get online mm-hmm. or what Truthfully, AI can I would, I would be doing that too, because I'm not a good student and 100%. I'd be using, what were they called? Um, no, spark notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be the kid mm-hmm. to use the spark notes because I didn't want to read Macbeth. Yeah. No, you know. I was I that go kid to Barnes too. And Noble and get spark notes on everything. <laughs> I exactly. now you can get it online. Yeah. Well. I was also not the greatest student. I mean, I was an okay student, but I definitely had that lack of like care for school. I just thought they were just more important things I should care about than like learning yeah. about Macbeth, for example. Exactly. So um, I always was the kid to like use spark notes, cliff notes, you know, all this stuff. And like now it's a bit, I mean, now that I'm in college, I like, we'll see like, on, I think there's one called like course hero or something. You have to pay for the entire thing, but it has every test that your college has ever put out. It has everything. And it's crazy. (laughs) The stuff that kids will put online just to like, not just to not like learn it, which is kind of sad. But at the same time, it's like, I get it. You know, people don't want to be learning irrelevant stuff to them because they think it's irrelevant to them. So, yes. Well, when you think about it too, the first two years of college really feel like you're just going through the requirements. And so if you're taking like, I'd take um, philosophy, I'd take logic and Mm -hmm. it was so hard and Mm -hmm. I failed it. And then I studied over the summer and I like got a C minus in the class, but that kind of thing, like if I had some way to get around that system, you know, I wouldn't take 
100%. I had to take logic last or last spring semester. It was a terrible class. (laughs) I actually didn't do that bad. I had a pretty good professor. He was very like, he just explained everything very, very well, but yeah, it was a terrible class. I did not enjoy going (laughs) at 10 AM in the morning. (laughs) I, I think that there's a huge problem. Well, there's a lot of problems in our society right now. One, um, I mean, you think about the mental health of teachers. I read somewhere that oh. over 300,000 teachers left the profession. Okay, so there's no mm-hmm. typical standard uh, um, like curriculum for teachers to take care of their mental health. So they're suffering. They've been suffering in the pandemic for a variety of reasons. Um, and then you have student mental health. And then you've got, let's say you have a student who's like this amazing student and they've taken the AP classes and they've done everything and they've sacrificed and they have the 4.2, right? Which Mm -hmm. I couldn't even relate to. (laughs) Then they apply to their dream schools. And I know this is, I've seen this on TikTok where they're crying, they're giving the finger to the camera Mm -hmm. and they're like, let me show you my college uh, letters. And so their four point whatever GPA got them rejected from five schools yeah. and waitlisted and they're, they're a mess. They're a, mm-hmm. Their mental health is in the tubes because of our, the requirements of these colleges. And it, to me, it makes no sense. I think it's so detrimental. No. Yeah. We actually, I had this conversation the other night with my roommate. Uh, we were talking about how that, like, for example, in New York city, all the colleges most of the professors are adjunct professors, which just basically means that you don't get all the like benefits if you were a tenure professor. Okay. So what they do is they all have, they have other jobs. And most of the time, if you're an adjunct professor at one university, you're probably most likely an adjunct pro- professor at another university. So if you, let's say, wanted to go to NYU, your professors are also working at like my school, Pace University, which is a lot easier to get into than NYU. Or like when I was a freshman in freshman, I had a professor who was the head of the econ department at Columbia University. So I'm getting the same education that I would be getting at Columbia or Mm -hmm. NYU or anything. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes for, I think that there might be some schools that are like, in like middle of nowhere that might not have this, but in big cities like this, like that is a huge thing about schools that no one talks about. And I think it's so interesting because you would have, that would like eliminate a lot of the stress of having to get into these top, like high schools, just because you think it's the best education when really it's probably just the same education than any other school that you're getting. Excellent point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the brand. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you schools are a business. Yeah. You know, they are a business and, you know, like when you go to, let's say you go to target and you see, um, like a name brand and then right next to it will be like good and gather. And it's like $3 cheaper. Yeah. And you look at the ingredients and it's the exact same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just the brand, you know, those schools and, you know, they, they look better too, you know, I've like, I've talked about basically like what a degree is, is that shown that you've made a commitment and you're less, you're less likely to, you know, to ruin someone's business because you have made this commitment and you've put in the time, <laughs> but it also says, you know, I've gone to such and such school, you know, maybe at an elite school and that, that name has weight. So they're able to charge a certain amount, yes. you know, because there is, there is that weight behind the name, but it really is just the brand. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you can get, you, you can learn, you know, things that you're paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to learn about, you can get that online somewhere. Yeah. Crazy. These these kids are being put into financial ruin oh, before yes. they even graduate. Like Definitely. the, the yeah. toll that that takes on you mentally. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I buckled and I was like, no, thanks. Like I'll figure no, it, it out. It was smart. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- you have the academic pressure and now they're being told they're behind in high school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's been so much trauma and anxiety in the mm-hmm. past few years. And then they go to college if they can get into the school they want to get into or they go yeah. somewhere else and they have, they still have trauma and anxiety and mm-hmm. issues with socializing and they still taking those mental health issues with them and mm-hmm. um, they're not equipped for adulthood. Yeah. 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 That's and so. And then you have things like inflation. You have, you know, prices. <laughs> right. Like my mom tells me all the time, you know, she's like, I can't believe, like, I, I feel so sad for your generation 
because I mean, I think when she was in college, she was able to like work. I think she worked at like Carl's Jr. Like part time and she mm-hmm. was able to afford her own apartment. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that is 100 percent not the case today. Like you have people that are right. working like two or three jobs. Right. You know, just yeah. to rent a room somewhere. Right. Somewhere. You know? Yeah. And then by the time you pay it off, you realize that you are want to focus on something else in your life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to pivot and do something else, something different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and most- that's another thing too, is that I have not been a graphic designer since 2009. And I've just paid wow. off my, my school loan from art school for one semester, two years ago. Do you have no interest or you just haven't, it's no. just not a part of your life. Okay. No. <laughs> Cause by then I realized it was, it was just a hobby. Oh, okay. You know, it was something I enjoyed doing and like going mm-hmm. to classes and professors saying that, you know, when I would do projects and they would critique all my work and I just thought it was so weird, you know, right. they're like, that's wrong. And I was like, yeah, what do you mean? That's wrong. No, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is yeah. amazing. Like it, maybe this doesn't fit like curriculum of certain things, but I just thought it was really weird because I was being critiqued on my creativity. And okay. I was like, that's when I realized this is not something I want to, I want to do for the rest of my life as far and as you like, also realize goes. that's detrimental. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I was like paying loans for something for a decision that I made, you know, when I was 18. Wow. That is so smart that you, you left. Oh, I wish yeah. I, don't think it, I, <laughs> I think it was fear. I yeah. acted out of fear. And then yeah. I will say this when I went to go drop out from this school, which I will not say the name of the school, but I will say they don't exist anymore uh, because of this. Um, there was a line. Let me look it up. School that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. School that doesn't exist. Yeah. That rips um, you off. Yeah. There was a line to drop out. Yeah. And it, Isn't that it was... interesting that it doesn't exist? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And they got in trouble for that. <laughs> they got in trouble for charging their students. And uh, what I learned is what they really got in trouble for is that they promised um, to expedite the, pro- to be with you and, you know, um, jo- what is it called? When they, when they help you search for jobs, they help you along like the career way. Career services or mentor Career services. Or, yeah. They promised career services. And that was one yeah. thing that uh, really gravitated me towards the school when I went to go visit um was that they're like we are going to help you you know we have all these connections and you know we're going to put you through these programs um, and they never did any of that (laughs) that just sounds like a sales pitch right yeah oh it's a hundred percent sales pitch and the person who was telling me about this that i forget what his position was um but he and i should have this was a red flag is that um he I was asking about the price and I was like, you know, because my my parents weren't gonna help me pay for any of this. Like I didn't come from that mm-hmm. from that background. I didn't have that, you know, that privilege. This was all gonna be on me. This was all, you know, I had no credit at this time. So this was this was all me as like a human being sure. who I this was two weeks when I graduated high school. I went from two weeks of summer vacation to college. So like I was I was still a child. I mean, you look at my, my, if you dug up my MySpace page, you know, at this time, you'd be like, whoa, this is a child. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And so he said that, you know, I'm still paying off my school loans and he, you could see it in his face that he was just like, not happy. And here he is tell, you know, trying to get future children to get into something that, you know, is going to possibly could make them unhappy as well so yeah looking back on that you know I'm glad I did make that decision Mm -hmm. Uh, but I didn't know I thought it was a bad decision for the longest time I was like I gave up my dreams I gave up on this I get you know and um, now all these kinds of things and now looking back on it I was like wow yeah goodness because I do know intuition was really telling you (laughs) I you know I just wanted to share briefly if you don't mind so you talk about being told that your art is wrong or, you know, getting negative feedback. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I had mentioned to both of you, I think, is that I'm starting a mental health uh, comic strip mm-hmm. featuring students. They can be all ages, really. Um, and I want them to be able to, even if it's like one cell or several, tell a story about something either they're going through or some something that they know someone's struggling with. So especially the LGBTQIA community, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that educates other people 
you know, that that brings issues into that comic strip. And I see mm -hmm. it as an art exhibit down the road. That would be really awesome. And like, I, yeah, I don't know what your vision is, but visioning it like on my end, I think that's really cool. That's a really great way to, uh, to, for, for students or, you know, people in general to just talk mm -hmm. about like the stories and things they've been through and see exactly. it as a comic strip. Totally. You and know? it's not, Chris, it's not about like, oh, they have to be an amazing artist. It it has to do with the message, right? Because yeah. you can you can Google right now like mental health comics and people will capture a message that's so powerful in one frame with like stick figures, right? Yeah. I, I don't I don't believe on I don't believe in talent being a part of art. Like I really do not. Like I've seen when I took color theory class, um, just colors alone means so much and it's yeah. it's ingrained into our brain what certain colors mm -hmm. mean mm -hmm. like i've seen you know pieces that that sell for millions of dollars it's literally like someone swallowed a bunch of paint and threw it up on a canvas it up. Right. Know. you know and it, it yeah, but it can make you feel so much and i think it's yeah. you know it, it's subjective it's not it's not about mm -hmm. talent that's one thing that yeah. i really found weird when I was being critiqued on like my work and I think, you know, students being critiqued on their work, like it's, it's really all subjective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, no, we're going to be, we're going to promote it. Um, you know, like run a contest, like monthly contests and just yeah. top 10 submissions and just keep going. And then the idea is to have an in-person uh, art exhibit featuring the art, because I feel that there are so many people struggling, especially students, mm -hmm. Um, and I want them to be able to have a platform that's uncensored that they can do this. That's, that's yeah. really awesome. There's, um, it's a little bit different, but here they have a project called strangers. I think it's called the strangers project. Mm -hmm. And basically it's just people write down whatever they want to write down. I mean, it's like your story, it's your deepest, darkest secret. It could be, you know, I, I, there's like a little store, like a little gallery um, pretty close to me. And I was just there and I saw this one and he was, or I don't know if it was he, they were talking about um, like cheating on their partner. Like it was just very, very deep stories. One was about like their mom passing or something like that. And I think when you give someone like the opportunity to like share their story in a way that's not like you know, them speaking it and like, they have to be connected to it. Yes. They really will like dig deeper and like show what they really want to like say, but they're too yes. afraid to say it. So yes. I think this is an awesome project that you're putting on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. I'm, I'm reaching out to different schools and, um, but it's interesting because I realize in other parts of the country, students wouldn't have the freedom to do this in a place totally. where, you know, where some states might ban books. They're not going to allow students to have creative freedom. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. I mean, there's um there's an event coming up at UCI with students mm -hmm. um, that I'm doing with the wellness department. And we're going to do some creative things with like post-it notes and, you know, what gives you hope and they can doodle or they can share their feelings. And I, I know that creativity is so powerful at mm -hmm. even young ages and you know college students they still want to paint they still want to draw and do stuff and yeah. I want them to have a way to express themselves freely yeah I think that's great I think you know I think you know most youth nowadays you know don't really they the only way that they know how to express themselves and you know the traumas that they've been through or rough things that they're dealing with is to express mm -hmm. express themselves via creativity whether that's like fashion you know, yeah. or, you know, did with art, with music, I think that that is more prevalent more than ever when it comes to self-care and expressing yourself is through yeah. artistic avenues. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's definitely going to be more prevalent in the future for sure. I, I want to tell you an interesting story. So when I was growing up, I, I was born in Connecticut, ended up living in New York City for like eight years was bounced from different schools, ended up in Connecticut. And when I was about 14 or 15, this girl came to the school. She was being raised by her grandmother. Her parents, mm -hmm. I think, had passed away. And um, one time she came to school on Quaaludes, um, one time something else. And I wow. would sit with her with another friend of mine. And we would just like calm her down and just chill with her. And, and she would share stories about 
different things in her life. And we were just listening. And, and I think for other people, it might've been intimidating. So anyway, at one point she comes to school and she's wearing this jean jacket and we had to wear, I had to wear like a school uniform, like a skirt and you had to wear brown shoes and knee highs. and all. So she's wearing a jean jacket and she had painted, hand painted the back of the jacket with a Rolling Stones logo. Mm. And I was like, what? You're, you're this, you're so talented. Can you make me one? So she, you know, I gave her whatever amount of money. It was cheap. And she, I gave her a jacket and she comes to school like days later with this amazing Rolling Stones logo on the back of the jacket. And I wore it everywhere. And my teachers were not happy about it, <laughs> but it was so cool. And she went on to become a very famous uh, leather artist, rock and roll to rock and roll stars, wow. uh, celebs. Yeah. And she, she's so talented. I'm hoping to meet her someday. She's, I think she's in LA, mm. but she went through like a really, really hard time. And I'm sure there was more to her backstory, mm -hmm. but I could see how talented she was. She, it, it yeah. like really, I guess her grandmother taught her to sew and do different things, but it's awesome. Uh, like people think as they get older, like, I don't have time to be creative. Like we need creativity. We need to, whether you're a teen or a college student, we need to tap into what made us happy as a kid. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think you lose that over time, Totally. Yeah. you know, with responsibilities yeah, and bills and, you know, yeah. student loans and all these things, you know, like you kind of lose what made you happy as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, you see, like I was seeing, like when I'm, when I'm on um, like TikTok and I see, you know, parents and they're like their babies doing like really silly things, you know, and it's like just the joy of like being alive. I feel like, yeah. you know, not, not to, not to sound completely, you know, Debbie Downer, but you know, there's so much that we have to do in order to like survive on this planet. You know, we yeah. have to, mm -hmm. we have yeah. to pay to be here. We have to, right. you know, we have all these things and, you know, sometimes like our emotions and our self and our creativity, things that just genuinely make us happy, you know, take a back seat. Yep. You know, it's really unfortunate yeah. and create, yeah. Creativity is one of those things. I mean, you're expressing yourself. That's what makes you unique. What makes mm -hmm. you different, you know? Yep. Yeah. 100%. I think like, right, right, right now I'm in just in the midst of college, I'm almost about to finish up. And I, this is my first semester where I've taken an art class and an art history class. Um, and both of them, I like in the art history class, I just learn and learn and learn about all these different people who were depressed and then they like painted something and then they were happy and they were like, you know, and it's just like, that's just how it goes. And then my art class, it's my literally my favorite class I've ever taken at this school. And it's a, sadly my last semester I'm taking it, but um, it's just like, I always feel so guilty for going because I have so much other work I have to do for my other classes. And because it seems like fun and like different than, even though it's still school and like, I'm still getting graded for this and I still need this to graduate and everything. It's just sad that like, that is my mentality of like, Oh, like yeah. something I actually enjoy. Like I, like, I feel like I can't even do it because I have all this other work that I have to do. So it's just like a weird, but it's so true that creativity really does help you like channel your inner child and like yeah. makes you really enjoy life again. Plus doesn't, doesn't your mood get such a boost when you yes. do go? Yes. It's like anything, like you don't want to go and you don't want to go or mm -hmm. you feel bad but you, that's really like self-care and that's a mental health thing that you're doing is going to that class. So yeah. you handle the other stuff in your life. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's just so interesting. <laughs> that's great. And you'll probably always want to do that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. I like now, like now learning all it's a printmaking class, which is interesting and fun. Um, but like now I just like all, like all I want to do is like print things from my house, like go find things to like ink yeah. up and, print on but yeah it's just it is very it is really really important to like keep that creativity go going yeah. and moving in your, Definitely. In your mind and you can switch what makes you you know creative mm -hmm. like some people it's like I think I'll play guitar or I think I'll take a tennis class or I'll go paint yeah yeah, yeah. Or, but I think you should always be having something in your life some form yeah. of creativity yeah yeah it yeah, gives you a nice I... outlet too of just like you're not working you're 
doing mm. something that you really, really enjoy. And it's yes. like, takes your mind off of your problems mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking for a while too, that like, um, you know, kind of just like shifting, like kind of, I always thought about like losing my passion with art and like painting and stuff like that. I always thought about as a negative thing, but I never realized the other creative things that I was doing instead, you know, like playing music, like, you know, drums or keyboard or Mm -hmm. even just listening to music that's being creative. Like, yes, you know, shifting one thing, one passion to like another passion. There's really no shame in that. No, not at all. We change and we grow as human beings. And, you know, let's say like painting is your passion at one time. And then you realize that, I actually prefer, you know, more like playing music or, you mm-hmm. know, you don't even have to be performing something creative. You could be, you know, taking in something creative that that's yeah. also being creative. Right. You know, you yeah. could even boil it down to like watching shows on Netflix. It sounds so basic, yeah. but you're, you're taking in some, some creativity and that's a form of self-care Yes, that's being creative. So I think when, we don't really give ourselves enough credit when it comes to being creative. I agree. You know? Because that show on Netflix might inspire you to maybe write a short screenplay or a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you yeah, ask 100%. anybody who's in, you know, who, who is in that type of environment and they'll, they'll tell you that they got their inspiration from another creative, mm-hmm. you know, oh, when I first, you know, read this or I, you know, from this author, or I first watched this show when I was a kid, you know, yeah. it ins- constantly people are getting inspired from like other creatives. Yes. That taking yeah. in this creativity is doing something creative, taking part. See, in I it. want to do more of this. I want to, I, when I say that, this, I want to inspire um, students, whether it's high school or college, to tap mm. into creativity. Because like, I'll give you an example. During the pandemic, I, I had written a screenplay years ago, and it was really hard to write 110 pages. And mm. I got some accolades for it, but then I didn't do anything with it. But in the pandemic here, I was home. I'm like, let me write like a short script, like 30 Mm -hmm. pages, 40 pages. So one thing that really bothers me is my cluttered garage. I mean, there's crap Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with the idea of like, okay, what if I got locked in the garage and my whole family went away for a long weekend? And, and I was like really angry about the different stupid things that everybody collects. And, um, and it, and it became the comedy. And I wrote mm. this and I submitted it and I got some accolades for it. But that's what I mean. If you take a look at your life at the funny moments or the things that bother you, you mm. could come up with something. I think 100%. anybody can. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I did something similar like when I was in college. Yeah. Um, I was I was having like artist block and I was supposed to do like this project and I I just I was drawing a blank and I could literally not think of anything to do. Like I was just, the nothing was coming to mind. So I accident, so I accidentally kind of uh, was writing this whole process down and I came up uh, with a short story and I, and I ended up like making my own like little like graphic novel thing out of it. Awesome. Um, and I have it, but I'm like super protective of it. I think I've only showed like maybe like two other people. Uh, Cause now it's old and like, now there's like so many things I would want to change to it, but, um, um, but yeah, really cool creative Whoa. things can come from absolutely nothing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, this is a bit different, but like me and my roommate before I even did this podcast, I started this podcast. Um, we would like, we always have just really, really weird conversations. And I think we bounce off of each other really well of just like our weirdness kind of will, it creates even more weirdness. So we were like, we need to like start recording ourselves of just like our conversations. And mm-hmm. we we never really listen back to these, but like every now and then we'll like pull them up on our voice memos. And like the most wild, insane things we like ever to come to thought are just on these recordings. And it's like, that is so much fun. And I don't know why, like, this is just like, I could, I mean, now, not, not now that I know how to do a podcast, I could just make that into my job, but it's just like interesting that that is just like, you know, just one thing you can do. And it literally came out of nothing. I mean, we were just sitting there just chatting about mm-hmm. nothing, but it really interesting things can really come out of nothing. Do you guys still joke about it as like an inside joke type thing. Yeah. Yeah. We still talk <laughs> about it. Sometimes we'll, 
I mean, sometimes we'll still do it, <laughs> we, <laughs> but that's when, um, yeah, we just start talking and we come up with some crazy things now. Me, me and my friend, James, so we have like, uh, like a friend group and me and this one particular person in the friend group, we have like the same sense of humor, um, to where like, we'll say like our inside jokes and everybody else in the group is like rolling their eyes and be like, oh my gosh, here they go again. And him and I are just like guttural laughter. Like our stomachs are hurting, but we were, <laughs> we were like just randomly like trying to like one up each other, like on jokes one time. And we were talking like, you know, like I'm, I always talk about like, I'm really into like true crime and stuff. And I was like, well, what if, you know, what if, what if like this like the FBI is raiding this, you know, their prime suspect, you know, for like a serial killer and is raiding their apartment and finds like a photo album and opens this photo album up. And it's just like Polaroid pictures of, of different poo and the poo and like they're different poops, like size, color, frequency, and everything. And these poops have like googly eyes on them and they have like dates and just the cops like being so confused. And then we like started talking about how, oh, in order to get like these, you know, the pictures taken, you have to do like the googly eyes and then you do like the hairspray, you know, and you spray hairspray on them to like make. <laughs> so like we run with this until the wheels fall off. Like every time we hang out, every time we're at anywhere, it always comes up. And like the people in our group are like, oh my gosh, here they go again with the stupid. Here they go. Like, yeah. And it's like hilarious, but it's, it's just one of those things. Like, it's kind of like improv, like you're just layering yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We love them. We're Anyways, keeping that inner child alive is very important. <laughs> yeah. You bet. I was going to ask you both. Can you, we were talking about technology earlier, but mm -hmm. uh -huh. can you imagine if you were the one who invented, you know, TikTok or, or phones and because of you people stay up at night they lose relationships etc cetera, etc cetera. like the power yeah. of the things that we're addicted to right so whether it's mm -hmm. a phone an app if if you go home at night and because of you people are not doing well i mean yeah. i know it's a huge generalization but it's kind of not far off mm -hmm. no i i kind of agreed to that and it is it is like the in the sadly those people probably don't even feel bad for what they did and they probably just make themselves believe that they did this amazing thing for the world mm -hmm. when in reality it is actually more it's probably more detrimental than healthy for yeah everyone to to be feeling so yeah i think you have to be somewhat like decide you have to remove yourself or I be disassociate happened. in a way yeah you know when things are when things are tough and too mentally i feel like you know like any any of those people who did create, you know, something like that, it started out as like a really good idea, maybe something pure and that, you know, mm -hmm. it was, there was a really good attention behind it. Um, right. You know, with Facebook, with connecting students together, you know, that have graduated and connecting people together, but then, mm -hmm. you know, companies get involved and, you know, certain things happen and, you know, America is a business, the world is a business. So, yes. you know, certain yes. things become nefarious, Yeah, you know, with data collecting and all those things. But I feel like at that point, you have to somewhat just be disassociate yourself yeah. You know, yeah. with that, I, I'm sure these two, these people do probably feel responsible in some way. Um, but they have to decide whether, you know, they're going to succumb to the weight of this, mm -hmm. um, or they're, they're, they're just going to continue on, but they have to remove themselves from that thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about making money. Yeah. Yeah. Even unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately that is the case. I mean, even that if you're talking about like vaping, right. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all about making money. Yeah. All about making I mean, money. It's yeah. sad. It's a sad reality that like honestly no business really cares for like the well-being of mm -hmm. their customers. It's really just if they're making money, they're happy. Mm -hmm. And as much as as long as they keep mon making money, they'll never yeah. stop and yeah. they'll never try to like yeah. take care of their customers yeah. in any way. Yeah. 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 And that's And why, I even you know, see like... that with like sometimes the schools too. I mean, Yeah. Uh, so many students get you know bad things happen with the between a relationship between the school and the student and the school has does not care and they just continue on like nothing goes wrong and the student is just suffering and is in debt and can't finish school because of this and that 
So yeah, sad. if I could, if I could do a hot take and <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really sad. Like I do, you know, work, work a lot with students and I had this experience uh, pretty recently and I'm not going to give any details on it, but um, I did experience a student, um, a young student um, in crisis um, at, at a school that I was visiting. Um, and I just, you know, the student talking about like what they were going through and the fact that they were, nobody really noticed. Um, nobody read, you know, nobody was able to see like what this student was going through until it was like a fight or flight. And, you know, luckily not, you know, we were there doing a presentation and, you know, something resonated with this particular student and the student came up to us and, you know, relayed that, you know, they were in crisis and we, you know, that, that I mean, that that's what we want. You know, we, yes. you know, if the student yes. is struggling, we want them to come up and, you know, and just, you know, being with that student, you know, um, you know, we, they luckily like schools, they have a wellness center and they have, they have counseling and things for that, which is great. Cause they didn't have that when I was in school. And it's, it was so nice to be able to go to like this wellness center and everything. And like, I do want to, you know, say that th there was nothing that bad that the school did. Um, sure. And I think that, you know, we're just trying to live our lives and sometimes things fall through the cracks. And unfortunately yeah. our, our kids fall through the cracks. Right. Um, and just being with this student and just like the, the body reactions that this student was having, you know, shaking, crying, just like, and I, I think about this student every single day. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like one of those things that it, it sucks that, you know, sometimes we, we, we lose touch of that, the human part of us and, you know, just being on this planet and, you know, being emotional creatures. And we're so wrapped up in, um, the things that we have to do and the things that are expected of us and the things, um, you know, that just being a citizen, you know, of this country and of this world, like the, the toll that it will, it'll take on your mental health. And it, you know, when I see, you know, when I hear it and like people talk about social on social media about mental health and it is more of a topic now, which is great. Yes. But the fact that there is any stigma towards it and the fact that it is maybe looked down upon is so shocking to me. Yep. And, you know, I'm, it is part of my job. So I, maybe I do see it more than others. But the fact that, you know, we aren't all in crisis is shocking to me in itself like how much that we go through and how much we have to disassociate and yeah. remove ourselves and how we have to kind of separate us from our humanity in order to be humans it's just such it's so it's such like you can edit this out but i have to say it's such a mind fuck to me yeah you know and the fact yeah. that you know in social media like it's just oh it's just it's so wild and so i disassociate every single day I have to, you know, and, and so you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to, we shouldn't but have to, let me just do. say you, yeah. you were being, and, and you're both with what the work you do, you are being better humans and you're inspiring youth to come to connect with you because yeah, they have the resources at school, but yeah. before you came along, they probably thought, they're not going to wellness center or they don't want to talk mm. to anybody. They saw something in you. They resonated with something you said, you made them feel comfortable and you might've been the only person that he had opened up to at all. Mm. So what a gift, what a sense of purpose you're bringing to these lives, lives that are suffering, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I mean, you're doing incredible work. I mean, we all need to I hear students say this and you probably see this where they want adults to be better listeners. They want to be yeah. able, yeah. like what's more important than mental health? Is it academics? No, there's nothing more important than mental health. Nothing it, it's literally the difference between being here and not being here. Right. So in businesses, in schools, for teachers, for nurses, for doctors, anyone, for students, mental health needs to be the number one priority. Number one, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, because you're nowhere. I don't care if you have A's. 
you know, yeah. and you get awards and plaques and nominations. Like nothing is more important than mental health. And our society really has to come around to that. Yeah. yeah. And if you have a student that like wants to hurt themselves, it's like, what, why are, why are we dropping everything that we're doing Yeah. to make sure that this child is okay? You know, like, and it is like effed up as it may seem. The first thing I thought about when like being there with this child is, you know, the, the people that, you know, make iPhones and they have nets hanging out the windows because they constantly are jumping and, you know, trying to, you know, die by suicide, you know, just to make this piece of technology that does what? Right. Does what? What, Wasn't it like, just supposed what is to make it? phone calls? I thought that's what the <laughs> Like you make phone calls. Phone yeah. Calls. Oh, we're supposed to be connected, but yet, you know, we build these fantasies on social media that yeah. hurt us more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing this for what? You know, like so we should it, all go just, back to flip phones. Yeah. And just being there, it's like the most important thing is is this child being loved and this child yep. being, you know, respected and taken care of. And the fact that this child has gotten to this point. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the end goal of all this? Well, you know, this sacrificing right. human lives in order to do what? So so somebody should really sit down with that child and figure out what's the whole backstory. Did they lose yeah. someone to COVID and they came to school and nobody cared and nobody knew? Did yeah. they, did their parents split up? Did a parent die? Do they not have enough food? Are they addicted mm-hmm. to technology? They're not sleeping. I mean, I could go on and on and on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but and, you know and luckily the great people at this school, they mean, they have these things in place. Okay. You know, and this, I, I don't, again, I don't want to say names, but this, this person who runs the wellness center, such a great human being. And like, okay. was so thankful that they're there and they're really doing great things. But I think the fact that it has gotten to this point is kind of proof that there is more that needs to be done before the student gets to that point until somebody outside the school yeah. comes and like shares their story. Like there should yeah. be more mental health um, check-ins in place like every yes. day. I agree. There should be, you know, a period that is dedicated towards like mental health Mm -hmm. classes. Like there is home ec, you know, like, you know, we're, we're learning to, you know, make pancakes. And there was like one class where I had to like, sew a pair of pants together. There should be something that talks about mental health and self-care and making sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is that you're going to be very unhappy in your life. Yeah. You're, you're going to be depressed. Like there is no yeah. running away from that. You know, right. go, the moment Inevitable. you apply to colleges, get ready to be sad, get ready mm-hmm. to be depressed and realize that you're going to be living the rest of your life working to the bone and being exhausted and trying to find those little pleasures in between, you know, like going on trips. And, you know, that's why we have addiction. You know, that's why we have these things, because we're trying to give ourselves those little pleasures because we are, you know, we're, we're working to live and we're living to work. Well, we also you know? want, don't want to feel our feelings. So we want to numb out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they're uncool. We need uncool, to learn how to feel you know? our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate, it's, but. But you're right. There needs to be, I mean, I'm always saying this, there needs to be peer to peer programming, peer to peer initiatives. Mm-hmm. Things that will lift students up as great diversions so they can connect with other students. And there Mm -hmm. needs to be a lot more um, efforts to eliminate mental health stigma, not reduce it, eliminate it. No, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well... I think I feel like we should end there. That was so good. That's such a good <laughs> yeah. stopping point. Let's end it on that note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. But yeah, thank you so yeah. much for coming on to our podcast today. Yeah, and thank just you for coming. Chatting. Thank you for having me. Um, and just thank you for your openness and everything that you, all your wisdom and everything. Um, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today. If you like the show and want to help support us, you can like and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Um, you can also share the show with your friends and family. In order to keep the podcast growing, we would really appreciate it if you could fill out our uh, our survey. It only takes about five minutes, and it really know it really helps us know what you guys want to hear. Um, and you can find that in our show notes. And then you can link up with us on our social medias. Our Instagram is nami underscore oc. 
Our TikTok is NAMI underscore OC. Our Facebook is NAMI Orange County. Our YouTube is NAMI Orange County. Our Twitch is NAMI underscore OC. And you can also email us at anxiety sucks at NAMIOC.org. There we go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, thank you again so much, Janine, for coming thank on. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for listening to Anxiety Sucks. If you like the show, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast app. It helps more people find the show and helps us share our message of mental wellness to people in our community. If you want to hear more of Anxiety Sucks, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Anxiety Sucks is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice, diagnoses, nor treatment. Anxiety Sucks is funded by the Orange County Healthcare Agency, Mental Health and Recovery Services, Office of Suicide Prevention, Mental Health Services Act Prop 63.